Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. How much would it cost to get on a song if I didn't want to go that route, which obviously we want to go? Oh, 250000 250000 Yeah. So if somebody gives you 250000 that means that you'll you jump on You get about up. 16 bars. 16 bars? Mm-hmm. And when it's time to do the video, I need to get another 250 up body. All right. Big money. And you, only, and you only got an hour, so get to filming. So that is Snoopy Dog, the, the famous rapper. <laughs> Snoop Dogg explaining that, yeah, he'll drop a few verses on your song for a quarter million dollars. Woo! And if you want him in the video, it's another quarter million. And you've got one hour from the time he walks in the door till he walks out again. Oh, so as he him. said, you better get to filming. Good for him. So he has become such a thing. I know it works on me and it works on people like me. That That's probably who it's aimed at. People like me, oh, Snoop's involved in that. I know who he is. Must so, be big. Must, <laughs> must be legit. It must be something I should pay attention to. Wow. That is yeah. something. So it's like the equivalent of having Eddie Van Halen come and play a guitar solo for you, you know, if you're a rock god. Well, except you don't need, you don't get street cred. You'd get musical chops. But Snoop lends you some legitimacy in a way that I don't know if it works in any other genre. But for whom? I mean, I would have no idea. You know, guys who are the equivalent of what Snoop was, and he was a, a gang member involved in people dying, okay? Uh, let the justice system sort it out from there. And an advocate for marijuana. 
Good Lord. Uh, but so uh, the, the young kids who are taking on the cutting edge hip hop music, which I have no idea what it is. What do they think of Snoop at this point? Is he like Bill Haley? I know my <laughs> was my, to our generation. I know my or? son thinks he's something. Something well, he's something a, to be cool. A Corona beer pitchman is what he is. He's a savvy businessman. I will absolutely give him that. Yeah. I'd say. By the way, I'll drop a few verses on your song for uh, 25 bucks, and I'll be in your video for another 25 Speaking of art, we got started on this conversation in the news a while back, and i got to mention this because I'll bet this is happening all over the country, not just where I live. You know when we passed those how many different multi-trillion dollar packages to fix the economy from covid there there is so much money still to be spent i mean trillions of dollars gigantic slush fund unimaginably large here's one that's going on in sacramento california but i'm sure it's happening in cities all across america a pandemic palette of help how the city is dispersing covid cash for its artists and it's all about how the american rescue plan which was multi-trillion dollars A whole bunch of money is going out to keep artists afloat because of the pandemic, including by the end of next year. The pandemic's over now. How over is the pandemic end of next year? They'll launch a $2.7 million, $2.75 million guaranteed basic income program for artists. Wow. So you're some hack poet. The taxpayers are going to pay your bills for you just because. Because of COVID? You call yourself a poet. How how strict do you suppose the qualifications are for whether you're a poet or a painter or a cinematographer or whatever it is you're claiming you are? Yeah. God, this is such a beautiful example of what's wrong. One of the things that are wrong with the left. Charity has become uh, the province of government. Uh, you know, helping out poor people or, or the downtrodden or whatever is now not a, a matter of, of being kind and generous. It's a matter of they take your taxes by force, then hand it out to whoever they say ought to get it. And the idea that now to become a patron of the arts, it's not a, a private thing anymore. It's not a donation. It's not buying a painting or whatever, not being a fan of a particular artist. No, your tax money will be taken you or taken from you by the force of the government, and they will give it to the artists they think should have it. This is... It- Pay attention to whether or not this is happening where you live. I'll bet it is. So they're going to spend almost $3 million end of next year because of COVID. Guaranteed basic income for artists. Coronavirus! With a very very broad definition of what artists are. And so were you able to support yourself in any way with your poetry or your painting or your whatever before the pandemic? And if you weren't, what what problem is that of mine, my tax money? I, I, I find this stunning. This is the problem with once you start going down this road oh, of yeah. redistrib- redistributing wealth, it just it goes into crazy places. Well, and as I said earlier, okay, artists, which is a fairly broad category. What about chefs? That's an art. What about uh, uh, winemakers? What about uh, jugglers, plate spinners? Uh, I don't know. How about the guy who draws cartoons on the the uh, the, the boardwalk? I mean, just everybody? It's insane. <laughs> of course it's insane. And the history of art, for the most part, is you got three jobs while your band plays on the weekends. 
and your band makes it, cool. If it doesn't make it, you probably quit and find something else to do. But the, the idea of taxpayers coming in and giving you a guaranteed basic income, what? Yeah. Wow. Wow. That is stunning at the same time, not the least bit surprising. Because when you have trillions of dollars that they don't even know what to do with. Right. With kind of a broad category of to, to help people because of COVID. God, I remember Steve Hayes of the Dispatch saying at the beginning of this, he said, we will hear stories for decades about the squandering of this money. Boy, and he's absolutely right, because we're talking the end of next year, millions of dollars for artists. COVID money. COVID why, money. Why do we have inflation again? I can't remember. I got to get in on this art thing. I got to just scribble some stuff down. This is my poetry. I've been working on it for years. I'll uh, write you some sort of fake review about how great your art is if you cut me in uh, for 20%. I'll be the big guy. <laughs> well, there can't be a standard for how good it is. Cause it, how would you do that? That's because it'll go through graft. And those who hand out the money will shave off a percentage for themselves in one way or another. And and they, their power will grow. That's what all government spending I play is. The, I play the spoons. Eve, ah, Eve. I play the spoons and... Uh, it's unfair that people value the trumpet higher than the spoons. I think it's some sort of uh, white supremacy, and I, I need some money. Jack Armstrong's spoon performance was one of the most moving spectacles I have ever witnessed. <laughs> Happy to do that for you. Uh, oh, hey, uh, speaking oh my God. Of, speaking oh my of sunny God. Sacramento, uh, we're uh, the other day we were talking about how they are doubling down on the whole housing first thing to deal with the bums and junkies who are drug addicts and you can't help them until you get them off of drugs or they get themselves off of drugs. But they're spending a tremendous amount of money on some new sort of bum camp and they're using COVID money. Of course they're using COVID money because of, well, because of, well, they have a giant slush fund of unnecessary tax dollars already taxed and in the future because we're borrowing all of this that they're just going to spend willy-nilly under the COVID umbrella. I mean, it, it, there is zero accountability. If you can assemble a gigantic slush fund in the name of fighting COVID or dealing with the effects of COVID. Inequity. And, and years after... COVID is no longer a thing. Just spread it around to whatever you want. It makes a mockery of the idea of taxation and government spending. It's just, it's outrageous. And I just, uh, you know, Rush Limbaugh said it before he passed. It just doesn't seem like there's a, uh, a constituency for fiscal conservatism anymore. And to so take, maybe I'll shut up. And take it to another level of uh, complicated. You're handing out millions of dollars to artists. COVID money now next year what anyway so it wasn't evenly distributed apparently among the races inequity inequity so 71 percent of the people who submitted it ended up getting money so they did, did turn some people away i don't know based on what but it turns out more asian and pacific islander people got money than black people or latino people oh no ahead of multiracial people which is a different category anyway um uh and there are people complaining about that and they're having to support how they decided who got the money and so- <sighs> oh my god in a world where the people who want to categorize everybody by race are called the progressives i the world has lost its mind it really has. You realize this is completely unworkable. 
even if you're for it, it's unworkable. That doesn't matter. It makes me feel good. The only question on any policy is, does it make me feel good? So you've got to spend millions of my hard-earned taxpayer money and give it to artists who may or may not have that much ability to support themselves. Exactly. With their art. And and now we're going to sp- probably spend more money in looking into making sure it's distributed equally among Latinx poets versus oh, yeah. black jugglers or white painters. Or Yeah, exactly. Multiracial uh, guys who blow the paint out of a straw. <laughs> Which I guess is hot. Well, yes, you understand it perfectly. If I were to give them my own money... That would make me feel bad, but I get to give them your money instead, and that makes me feel good. All under COVID relief. Wow. We may Thanks for taking my money. We have may have gone past some sort of tipping point or turned a corner or something to where it's just Yeah, I agree. We're round the bend. I agree. It is so mad. And huge and unaccountable, and so few people are even saying, hey, uh, by the way, something, what is this? Nobody's even asking those questions. Your cable news talking heads. It's not very hot right now. The culture war stuff, which I think is very important, uh, you'll, you'll hear about that. But this fiscal insanity is just not getting any attention. How many people are even aware of this? I, I, I just became aware of it 15 minutes ago. How many people are even aware of where these gazillions of dollars are going? Show's been based out of Sacramento going on, what, 25 years? And, uh, yeah, it, it snuck up on us. That's because a lot of these progressive policies, they're, they're avowed Marxist-slash-socialists. They know what people will say if they hear about them. So they pass a lot of this stuff very quietly. So in, the, in modern America, your poetry isn't good enough to make a living, or your style is not popular at the time, so there's no money in it, even if you're really good at it. You know, th- things sure. come in and out of fashion. So uh, so the taxpayer is, is supposed to support you rather than you go out and figure out a different way to make a living. There's no way you can craft a society like that. No, no, clearly not. And yet, they're trying. Wow. So one of the most uh, insightful and brilliant takedowns of the whole mask mandate continuing on the airplanes thing, uh, share that with you. A uh, major American city that announced the first remasking mandate has said, yeah, never mind. <laughs> Just so dopey and all sorts of good stuff to come. All right. All on the way. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The craziest part of the story is that they said they spent $300 million on this thing. What did you do with that? Did you like clone Wolf Blitzer or something? No, because if you did that, I'd actually watch that show. Yeah, I would. I've got breaking news. No, I've got breaking news. The never funny Trevor Noah commenting on the fact that CNN spent $300 million on CNN Plus and shut it down after three weeks. Oof. It is a, a le- there is a lesson there, though. In, it, 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 boy, I got some examples that I'm not going to use on the air, but they're, they're good in my mind, uh, of things that clearly 
were a bad idea. Just waiting for that to change doesn't work. <laughs> if it was clearly a bad idea at some point, that's when you pull the plug. Yeah. That's when you pull the plug. Yeah. Don't throw good money after bad. Don't throw good time after bad. Yeah. Yeah, easier said than done in some circumstances. But uh, anyway, uh, I just enjoy seeing CNN humiliated, although Jake Tapper in particular is doing some great work in breaking news in Ukraine specifically. So they've reformed to some extent after they got rid of the evil Mark Zucker, in my opinion. But on a different topic, uh, briefly, four days after, oh, speaking of rescinding things in an embarrassing uh, frame of time, four days after Philadelphia became the first major American city to reinstate an indoor mask mandate in response to rising cases, rising coronavirus cases, the city health department announced that the mandate would be lifted because, among other things, well, they stopped rising and really nobody's going to the hospital and uh, everybody seems to be fine. Uh, but let's not rescind the emergency powers given to these county medical quacks who God knows what their qualifications are. Well, funny you should say that. Did you see Dr. Fauci's quote yesterday? I thought it was the worst thing he's said yet. We're concerned about courts getting involved in things that are unequivocally a public health decision. Wow. Wow. So in your mind, the public health people have free reign to make any rules there are about our lives without being challenged by the courts who are trying to see if it's constitutional or legal for you to do that. No, there are no limits. These are public, unequivocally, he says, public health decisions. Anything that's public health is beyond judicial review. One county health nut job who thinks, I don't know, COVID kind of scares me, can decide how long your kids wear masks in schools, for instance. Or whether you can exercise your First Amendment rights. Right, or have your business open and make a living. But according to Dr. Fauci, have you been a good little Nazi? Uh, that's beyond judicial review. That is the craziest thing he has said. Yep. And that's I represent science. Oh. You represent fascism and stupidity. And uh, I, I, Don't get me started. Anyway. <laughs> I wanted to read this. Josh Barrow is a uh, is a writer. He's the thinker. Um, and he uh, just came out with one of the most eminently reasonable takes on the end of the federal public transportation mask mandate. I'll read it to you. <clears throat> Quote, mourning the rule we lost yesterday only makes sense if your interest in masks is more about how we should regard COVID than how we should prevent it. That is, if you just like seeing people forced to make sartorial expressions like your own about how much they cared about COVID, then yesterday was indeed a sad day for you. The public health establishment still has not grappled with the damage it's done to its reputation by failing to respect the fact that members of the public have different values and preferences than their own, or to place any value at all on individual freedom. There is a cost to ordering people around all the time, and if you're too obnoxious about it, your powers to do so will be taken away. Ah. This is a This is a part of why leaving the transportation mandate in place so long was such a mistake. The more capricious an enforcement measure looks, the more likely it is the courts will find some justification to throw it out. Yeah, that's a good one. Whether you're a coach or a parent, you know if you bark too much, pretty soon people just roll their eyes at your orders. So, yeah, that's a good one. And and the one health lady for a county, her priorities have to be your priorities. You will dance to her tune, and the courts aren't allowed to review it, according to these lunatics. So have you heard the Kevin McCarthy tape that came out? One of the questions is, who taped it and how did it leak out? Well, an old friend of the Armstrong and Getty show thinks he knows where the audio tapes came from. And if you haven't heard it, we'll play them. Armstrong and Getty. 
Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Now, the 
another political book coming out. A lot of them come out. They vary in uh, quality. They vary in credibility from complete crap to pretty well documented. And this new one that is out at least is fairly well documented in the blurbs that came out yesterday saying that Kevin McCarthy was discussing, having discussions about telling Trump to resign, and that Mitch McConnell thought what happened on January 6th was an impeachable defense, uh, impeachable offense, mm-hmm. and that he that he could gather at least 17 Republicans in the Senate who would vote to remove Donald Trump. There's some 25th Amendment talk as well. In short, uh, the leaders were uh, pretty pissed at Trump after January 6th. Mitch McConnell's office has not been answering questions about this. Kevin McCarthy went straight to the New York Times yesterday and said, The New York Times reporting on me is totally false and wrong. It comes as no surprise that the corporate media is obsessed with doing everything it can to further our liberal agenda. This promotional book tour is no different. If the reporters were interested in truth, why would they... Why would they ask the comment after the book was printed? I'm not exactly sure if there's a word missing there or what, but I'm reading it as sometimes truth. there is when Kevin McCarthy speaks. <laughs> but uh, so I guess uh, the uh, took offense at it there. The book did and then put out the audio tape uh, of the actual conversation. This is Kevin McCarthy on January 10th, four days after the storming of the Capitol. Talking to Liz Cheney. So he's the number one talking to the number three in the Republican Party, and it sounds like this. Liz, you on the phone? Yeah, I'm here. Thanks, Kevin. Um, I guess there's a question. When when we were talking about the 25th Amendment resolution, um, yeah. and you asked if, if, you know, what happens if it gets there after he's gone, is, is there any chance, are you hearing that he might resign? Is there any reason to think that might happen? I've had a few discussions. My gut tells me no. Um, I'm seriously thanking to having that conversation with him tonight. I haven't talked to him in a couple of days. Um, from what I know of him, I mean, you guys all know him too. Do you think he'd ever back away? But what what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to call him. My this, this is what I think. Um, no one will pass the house. I think there's a chance he'll pass the Senate even when he's gone. Um, and I think there's a lot of different ramifications for that. Now, I haven't had a discussion with the Dems that if he did resign, would it not happen? Now, this is one personal fear I have. Um, I do not want to get into any conversation about Pence pardoning anything like that. I mean, the only discussion I would have with him is that I think this will pass. And it would be my recommendation we should be done. Um, I mean, that would be my take, but I don't think he would take it. But I don't know. So the minority leader of the House of Representatives was going to tell the president, I think the impeachment articles are going to pass. You should resign. Mm-hmm. And they had had 25th Amendment conversations, which, of course, is getting the cabinet people together to remove the president. Say the president's no longer fit to do the job. It's amazing how calm they are in that conversation, because that's some high-level stuff right there. You're talking about forcing out the president of the United States. Trump! Which has never happened before. 
Yeah, or more more of the conversation was just telling him, look, it looks like you'll be successfully impeached and removed. Maybe you ought to resign instead. I just met between Liz and Kevin McCarthy. Oh, just, yeah. They just yeah. kind of, yeah. Yeah, so I was thinking about um, maybe teeing off before noon because it's supposed to rain later. I mean, that's what the, the, the conversation kind of sounded like. And, you know, they're discussing removing a president of the United States. Anyway, a couple of things that popped into my head immediately yesterday. Who's recording these phone calls? I mean, if you're conspiring to remove the president of the United States, that's a pretty confidential phone call. Good Lord, I'd say. And I'm sure one of the reasons Kevin McCarthy went to the New York Times and denied everything categorically was he thought there's no way in hell anybody recorded. He had to be assuming that nobody was recording those phone calls. Is that okay? Do we do we want every conversation to be recorded? Well, if first of all, if every conversation is recorded, people are going to behave differently. They aren't going to yes. have well, well. All you're going to accomplish is they'll do like mobsters. They'll meet out in the par- parking lot and put their hands over their lips and talk like this. I mean. They're, they're going to still talk. They're just going to go out of their way to make sure it can be recorded. But so how did they get recorded? And then who released them once they were recorded? Well, old friend of the Armstrong and Getty show, Dave Drucker. Of, is he still with the examiner? I believe he is. Washington examiner. Yeah. He, here's his theory. A lot of the initial assumptions here has been that somebody like Liz Cheney, she's she's unequivocally denied it. Somebody who is upset with McCarthy's equivocation must have leaked this. But I really wouldn't be surprised that it's somebody who doesn't want him to be speaker from the Trump wing of the party or from that angle. The conference is more than 200 strong. I mean, it, you just can't assume somebody isn't going to put it away for a rainy day when they think it's going to be useful. Okay, so that's the, the who leaked it out, not the who recorded it. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it could be well, the same person, many, though. I, but how many people could be involved in the recording of that phone call? I assume that was Liz Cheney's official... Phone and well, or was that uh, you know? I need to look back again. Was that conversation with more than her? Uh, because he said, "Liz, are you on the line?" So yeah. it was obviously a conference call of some sort. And was it the entire conference? I mean, because David there seemed to be implying that it was you know their three hundred strong or whatever it was uh, conference. No, they didn't. No. They didn't. There's no way they were having conversations like that with that many people on the line. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. So I'm a little mystified. As I would to the guess, answer to that question. I would guess it was just Kevin and Liz because I mean that's some high level stuff. I'm going to go tell him he needs to resign tonight. Yeah, that's that's not a casual conversation for just whoever's in the room. Anyway, who the hell's recording this stuff and leaking it? And he, he told a group of Republican leaders. Okay. Group could be two or more. Him and Steve Scalise and, and Liz Cheney and maybe one or two others. I would the, guess. the other question to this is, this is the sort of thing that people have been talking about or arguing about or claiming for, well, since January 6, 2020, for a year and a half. Who had this phone call? So the authors of this book, did they have it the whole time? And we're just we're just going to wait till our book comes out because that's how we'd make the most money. This is evidence in a major moment in history. Yeah. 
How, well, how do you hang on to something like this and not think, no, it's my duty to get this out here so people know the conversations that were being had and what people's opinions were at the time? This is not something I can hold on to. Well, I like Drucker's theory. He thinks somebody in the Congress who doesn't want McCarthy to be the speaker it owns the tape, has the tape, recorded the tape. They played it for the authors, but the okay. authors never possessed Got gotcha. you. That makes sense. Yeah. So, but, you know, that's uh, that's a hell of a maneuver in itself. So would you guess it's a Republican who wants to undermine McCarthy because yes. they want to be speaker or somebody else that they like better to be speaker? Yeah, somebody in their, okay. uh, you know, their uh, clique. Sure. Because yeah. I was thinking yesterday, if I'm a Democrat, I'm okay with Kevin McCarthy being speaker. Because I don't think he's going to be fantastic at it. Yeah, we can talk about that. And I have a reaction to the whole tape in general. It's uh, to me, it's not a nothing burger, but it's uh, it's an obvious uh, playing out of what we all knew anyway. So I'm not shocked by it. After a quick word from our friends at Simply Safe Home Security, you can customize a system to protect your home in all sorts of ways against the randos and junkies that are going around, even nice neighborhoods these days, uh, against a fire or even some flooding. They have sensors to alert you if there's water damage. God, randos and junkies in nice neighborhoods. That is absolutely right. Holy cow. So you need the Simply Safe system. We got this story here. A Terry who's going to her daughter's wedding, so she left the house. She got a call from Simply Safe's 24-7 professional monitoring center to let her know that they detected water in her basement. Yeah, there was a leak in her house. And if she hadn't found out about it, she comes back days later. That would have been a really big problem. Still cost $25,000, but way cheaper. So uh, you can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes. It's simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Go today, claim a free indoor security camera, plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. Ooh, check out the wireless outdoor camera. It's so great. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. So my overall reaction to the whole uh, Kevin McCarthy and uh, Liz Cheney, I mean, everybody knows that she wanted to get rid of Trump, but uh, Mitch McConnell... In the days after January 6th, they were all mad at Trump, thought he bore significant responsibility for the horrific events of that day, and and they wanted to be done with him. And then as they got further from January 6th, and, and they let the dust settle a little bit, and it became clear that voters were not blaming Trump in very big numbers, voters on their side, they decided to just wait. Just wait not make things even more unsettled. They just thought, well, Trump's not going to be around forever. We'll just have to see what happens because we're going to throw away our leadership if we go head-to-head with Trump right now. Now, you can call that cowardice or you could call it practicality. You know, it's in the eye of the beholder. I have no respect for politicians pretty much at all. Uh, the, the, this is the best system you can come up with, I guess, huh? People motivated to do what is in their best interest financially or whatever all the time. Apparently, this is the best you can do. Well, and, you know, one of my great theories of life is that every system, after it exists for a certain amount of time, those who would game it get really good at gaming it to the point that the system doesn't work anymore. Um, I know you pointed out earlier that if that seems cynical to you, remind the folks of what Nancy Pelosi did with the impeachment. Both impeachments, Nancy Pelosi crafted the articles of impeachment to keep Donald Trump around because she thought it was better for them to have him uh, 
as the opposition because they thought she thought he was so beatable and then she wanted to have him around to hang around the Republicans neck. So if she was so concerned about the dangers of Donald Trump, she would have gone. She would have worked much harder to get Republicans on board for both the peach. But she didn't because she's every bit as cynical as anybody else. Well, and she had it both ways. She got to keep Trump around, and she crafted the articles of impeachment in such a way that it was impossible for the Republicans to vote for them, so she could hang it around their necks that they'd voted against it, so they are obviously fine with every single thing Trump did, which wasn't true either. So, yeah, please, there's plenty of cynicism to go around. Yeah. Uh, That's something, so the, the, they're, they claim there are way more tapes. Is every phone call? taped i i don't know i think washington's going to start acting like that's the case that's not going to help anything because they're just going to go more like i said more underground with their conversations yeah yeah i would agree plus that sort of surveillance and and granted they're politicians and they're lying hypocrites all of them uh, but that sort of surveillance is just bad for society it crushes creativity it makes negotiation impossible it's just it's awful that's funny. We were talking the other day with someone who had uh, found a way to listen in on phone calls. You've got a famous story about that where you heard your boss was going to fire you. Yes. But um, uh, this person heard something that really hurt their feelings by listening in on phone calls after they and they decided, you know what, I'm not going to do that anymore. I don't I don't want to hear these conversations. We so there's a couple of ways to look at this. There are. We have to feel like we can have private conversations to function. Also, you don't want to hear everything everybody thinks all the time because we all say all kinds of things that are either exaggerated or we don't believe at all in kind of a venting, trying it out sort of way. Everybody does that. It's human nature. Or we're impassioned at one moment and then the next day we think, you know, it wasn't that big a deal. Yeah. Or you're saying it that way for that particular audience, but that's not necessarily what you believe or whatever. Right. Um, so everything being exposed all the time is not, not, like you said, it's not good for anybody. No, no. So it looks like Kevin McCarthy is most likely to be the Speaker of the House. I don't think this damages him. I mean, it might among some folks, but I mean, even Trump fans, you knew that people were really mad at Trump at the time and and there was a current against him. And then people just kind of thought, man, maybe not. I don't know. Well, I mean, I've, everybody knew that some people are thinking it's how Trump reacts to this. How does Trump react to this? Does he throw Kevin McCarthy under the bus? That could hurt him, but I who knows? I don't have any idea. God, and it's all so far away because so many things could still happen between now and then. Uh, more to come. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. In Florida, a bride and wedding caterer have been arrested for allegedly lacing the lasagna at her wedding with cannabis. (laughs) Don't clap for that. People were suspicious after watching the bride and groom feed each other the entire wedding cake. That definitely explains why the father-daughter dance was to a four-hour Grateful Dead bootleg. (laughs) (laughs) That's a funny joke. Um, Not cool. I mean, you know, if it's your pothead friends and all that, you can't have, like, grandma and grandpa and kids and obviously. No, and even any, yeah, don't do that to anybody. 
So one more wrinkle on the whole Netflix thing. Why their stock cratered 30% the other day. And, uh, and they're expected to lose 2 million subscribers. So they increased their price a while back. That got lost in the story. The pandemic ended, so people aren't watching as much Netflix. And their business model has gotten funky. According to the Wall Street Journal, this new season of Stranger Things, which is one of their most popular shows, they're spending $30 million an episode to make that show. Wow. That is a lot. The most expensive Game of Thrones episode was $15 million, for instance. Wow. They're spending $30 million an episode to make this Stranger thing, thing, and they got kind of on this spending lots of money kick with Loki, which was awesome, and WandaVision, which I never saw. They saw they were spending 20 to $25 million per episode. So it may just be a, yeah, we're cranking out really high-quality stuff, but our... Subscriber base isn't enough to make that high high a budget show on a regular basis. Yeah, interesting. And then Elon Musk said that thing about how the woke disease had gotten to him. I can't remember exactly what his phrase was. I, I but, haven't perceived that, but well, it's that uh, the reason I bring it up is one of our beloved listeners sent a couple of screen captures of shows they're promoting, including one with a pregnant dude and all right, whatever else. So, I, you know, it's funny. I just watch the stuff I watch. Right, I don't. Yeah, so. I kind of flip past the other stuff without even paying attention. So we didn't get to this story yesterday. Probably should have. Uh, I I don't specifically know what one of the reasons I passed this up when I saw it yesterday is because I don't know what a vault toilet is. Is that like an outhouse? If you sit too long on it, it vaults you off of it and throws you about 30 feet through the air. No, I don't know. So the kind of toilet they have in some like national parks and stuff like that, a vault toilet has a pit of at least five feet deep that can hold more than 500 gallons of waste. So it sounds oh, like yeah. like an outhouse thing to me. Yeah, your typical national park toilet. Yeah. Okay, a woman accidentally dropped her phone into the hole of a vault toilet. And then, f- and then fell in while trying to retrieve it and was trapped in there for more than an hour. This is at Washington's Olympic National Park. The woman, described only as a Californian in her 40s, because she probably doesn't want anybody to know her name, was trying to retrieve the phone that she dropped into the toilet. She, dis- she disassembled and removed the seat so that she could lie down and lean into the hole, oh clinging, with, clinging with one hand to a dog leash that she had tied to a support. So oh, it's MacGyver. She, <laughs> so she takes the seat off, ties a dog leash to something to hold on to so she can lean way down in there. Well, the dog leash broke. She fell headfirst into the pit and was in there for about 20 minutes trying to climb out, then finally used her phone to call 911. It took a while for them to get there because they were 10 miles away. They handed down items that she could stand on, and then finally when she was within their reach, they pulled her out. Oh, how disgusting. They strongly encouraged her to seek medical attention because of her immersion in human waste, but she only wanted to leave and made her way back to California. <laughs> how bad do you need that phone? I mean, I realize they're like a thousand bucks, but woo. Uh, well, maybe she hadn't backed it up for a while. That's a crappy day, he says, knowing how stupid the joke is, but feeling like he had to make one. I wouldn't be able to stop vomiting. I don't think. Armstrong and Getty. 
When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Are you looking to build this year? If so, there is no better time than right now to start planning and to get your spot on the construction schedule. If you need a garage, a stall barn, a storage for vehicles, RV, boat, collectibles, or even a a shop for your farm, hobbies, or car restoration projects, visit MortonBuildings.com and start your construction process. With superior materials, craftsmanship, best-in-class warranty, Morton Buildings are made to last for generations. At Morton, the difference is in the details. From their cutting-edge innovations to their craftsmen in the field, they are dedicated to surpassing expectations. Their legacy of excellence spans more than 120 years, and Morton Buildings is 100% employee-owned with more than a quarter million satisfied customers. That means they're the industry leader you can trust. When you choose Morton, you'll experience quality at every step of the building process, starting before the walls even go up. Visit mortonbuildings.com to get started today.